Welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady and I'm here with Lou Weiss, who is president of All Metal and Forge Group. He's also the founder of Manufacturing Talk Radio. His company can be found at steelforge.com if you're looking for industrial forgings and jacketmediaco.com if you're looking for more of these podcasts. Joining us today is Ryan Jennings, who is the founder and operating owner of WYSIWYG Marketing. He specializes in getting into industrial marketing. And as Lou and I have watched over the years, the industrial marketing people were kind of way back there and they've picked up the pace and come forward, but not all of them. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Welcome to be aboard. So tell us how you got into WYSIWYG and what kind of clients you serve. What are you doing with them? Uh, well, I got into WYSIWYG. I was very fortunate at my age to be uh, educated in the path of life just when the internet was kind of coming into flourishing. So it was uh, just, you know, the timing as far as technology was just a, a perfect fit from an educational standpoint and was lucky enough to, to evolve that into an actual career. Uh, spent about 10 years in, in the web design development uh, world. Um, and then in, in 2009, 10-ish, was fortunate enough to get involved in the industrial manufacturing sector through our local, through a local uh, territory uh, region and network of, of the ThomasNet, uh, what we would consider the, the, the mothership. Uh, per se, in the industrial manufacturing marketing world. So that's, that's kind of the evolution of how I got in the industrial space. And Thomas has been a major player in the industrial marketing world since the late 1800s. I think it was 1890-ish, if I'm not mistaken. You might know better. Sure. Uh, but, you know, the world has changed. And, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, a few moments ago that you were coming into, uh, into fruition uh, at around the time when the Internet started. Well, the, the issue with the Internet was that I was there mm. the day that the United States government, after owning it for 20, 30 years, turned it over to private enterprise and 1992, is that yeah. correct? Took, took yeah. the ARPNET and went, went public. I don't know if we yeah. can contribute was, Al Gore's signature to that, but he sure likes to claim that title. Yeah, I and I, I was there and I had no idea what the hell they were talking about in regards to what, what is this thing? You know, about, you know, I'm going, I, there were guys with broken horn rim glasses and plastic uh, 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 pen holders <laughs> and so on. And I, I came back, uh, after, it was a two-day event. I came back, I called Tim. I said, Tim, I don't know what this is, but it's going to be huge. Sure. And here we are, 30, 30 years. Almost 30 years later. Oh, my God, 28 wow. years later. So, and, and here you are, uh, you are a, a competitor of uh, uh, one of the giants uh, of the uh, U.S. industrial marketing world. So how is, and you and I talked uh, previous to the show, we talked about the fact that manufacturers, which is what we're talking about, you know, they, they're great. They, they know how to make things. They know how to 
uh, innovate things. They know how to come up with technology and make it, fix it, break it, whatever. And the, the bottom line is that uh, they really need help in marketing. That is correct. They're not good at it. And, you know, Tim and I, we've been talking about this now for years. The more we talk to manufacturers, we more they, the more we know what they don't know. And that's not a flaw or a slap. The, it is that that's just the way it is. We're in a new, new world environment right now <laughs> on, on many counts, but don't get me started. Um, <laughs> so why don't you tell us your thoughts, your opinions? How, how did you get to where you are? And uh, where to from here? Sure, sure. Well, uh, how we got to this position, you know, we were, we were officially formed uh, January of 2011. We did uh, kind of branch out. Our nucleus started uh, around the ThomasNet network. Um, my original partners were um, uh, national leading sales uh, competitors each and every year. Um, and we, we established the, the need for what I would consider a better mousetrap. Um, and in the terms of a better mousetrap, this mousetrap would be broken down or defined in a combination of technology, which in our web world is a back-end content management solution. There's a lot of choices out there. ThomasNet has their catalog navigator platform. There's a lot of other open source platforms out like WordPress, Magento, Joomla, Drupal. Uh, we found the need and, and more of a benefit to create our own custom content management system. Um, there's a lot of bells and whistles from a lot of different applications and frameworks uh, that we, we borrowed or utilized a lot of those benefits. And, and to me, just took a ball of intellectual Play-Doh and created what I feel based on past experience and, and client testimonials and user trials and tribulations, a very amazing, robust, very easy to use backend content management system. We're now on our third generation of that. That product is called Core Content. So that is from a content management or our technology aspect of the Better Mousetrap. On the other coin or side of that coin would be what can you do proactively to market uh, that product or service or capability uh, with the client utilizing that uh, new online uh, business presence. And in that regards, there's a lot of uh, marketing opportunities out there. You can do a, a Google pay-per-click or AdWords and buy some traffic. There's a lot of directory listings that are out there. ThomasNet's directory one, uh, manufacturers marketplace. There's a lot of other listing type of services out there. But my forte and really why Thomas reached out to me uh, over a decade ago was for my organic search engine optimization skill set. Um, so that is really our other side of that mousetrap is, and our kind of strong or leading competitive uh, advantage is our search engine optimization um, services or campaigns. So let me ask you a question. And uh, clearly you have a competitive market and, uh, but you have a, your own skill sets in order to develop a better mousetrap. So tell us what's different with WYSIWYG. Sure, sure. Versus any other, whether it's Thomas or Frazier's or uh, any of the others. Sure, I think just the key, there's a few things that come to mind, but number one is just the ease of use. You get into a lot of these back-end platforms, and especially in the industrial world, these are a lot of 
good old boy, mom and pop shop, family run businesses, uh, mid to small size. They're not te technical savvy. They're, they're not programmers or, or, or experts. So when they get into some of those other backend systems, they need a roadmap. They would need to hire somebody full-time just to teach them how to utilize that system. Where right. we've built something that's just so easy to use. You know, our, our kind of, our, our, our quote would be, if you can if you can publish your, your profile picture to Facebook, you can fully manage your full industrial catalog through our core content system. Really, right. really easy to use system. But, and you've been doing this since when? Uh, just, we celebrated a decade in business January of this year. So uh, about 10 and a half years. So when you approach a, uh, a manufacturer uh, who is of the lesser, uh, lesser knowledge base of what's going on in marketing, do you find them to be open and welcoming or resistant or saying, well, we did it this way. I'd like to be able to do it. I mean, what kind of resistance are you finding? Sure. There is a different situation for just about, you know, a lot of different, uh, there's an array of answers we would get. Some people know they've got an outdated website, yet they've built their business upon reputation. And that reputation is going to keep them on a plateau of success or at least revenue that they need to continue on. Others know they've got an outdated website and are leaning toward a potential updated site, get something new, mobile optimized that will potentially bring in some new revenue source. Um, and there, there's really a combination of, of uh, you know, feels that we get uh, as far as where, where the person or the client, potential client, uh, thinks that they are. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a challenge to, and I love hearing the person that said, I don't know what a new website would, would possibly do for me. And I love to fast forward that conversation three months later and look at that back end and see the new requests for quotes coming in. Like, you know, they've, they've hit the jackpot on that slot machine. It's that's, that's the joy for us. Well, you brought up three times about the, manufacturer who was referring to a new website, indicating that they had an old website. Let's put that aside. And I don't know what the percentage is of manufacturers today who don't have a digital web, uh, website and or presence. Uh, do you have any idea how many, what percentage of the manufacturing world is totally in the last century? I would, I would guess that it's pretty low. At this point, 30 years later, they at least have something up, whether it's an old yellow book page that somebody has given them something through an add-on package or bundled service. Most of them have something. We do run across uh, uh, some sites that, that are some companies that don't, but I think that's a pretty low percentage at this point. Well, that's encouraging. That's encouraging. Mm -hmm. yeah, so and, so you, you have those who are not resistant because they already are involved, a greater percentage of them. Uh, but they're, they have their website. They, they may have some stats. They know what's coming in, how many inquiries, how many orders converted to from inquiries. You now have to convince them that they're not doing as well as they could or should. And here's what we suggest you do in order to bring it up to speed, meaning the next decade or two later. So is that now the new 
interaction between your company and manufacturers? It sure is. And, and there's, uh, there's really two different um, situations that we run into. It's A, someone has maybe just invested in a new website elsewhere, uh, say one of these uh, point and click WordPress installations, they at least have something up. And now what are they gonna do with it? And then they're looking for someone to help them put that site on Main Street or start generating some new traffic through an SEO program. Um, right. The others are uh, a little more behind the curve, haven't yet updated. We would, we would consider a uh, uh, more low-hanging fruit or a better opportunity for us to work with that just has an older, outdated, antiquated site that in our uh, analysis, we see that they're not yet mobile optimized. And meaning mobile optimized, that's, you know, is, is your website going to respond or change in size regardless of what viewport or screen or device that they're on, whether it's a mobile phone, an iPad, or a large desktop with huge 60-inch monitor. Um, so, you know, and what's what, what amazes me, and this is where we see the industrial world are still kind of behind the eight ball, is the, you've got to listen to what Google says. Unfortunately, they're running the world as far as when it comes to search and providing those opportunities. And their algorithm update on the mobile, I think, was in the spring of, uh, of 2014. And it, it, it said, if you don't have a mobile optimized version or responsive site, then we're not going to yield you at least within someone that did listen to us and does have a mobile optimized site. We get a lot of pushback in the industrial world that says, you know, I don't think any uh, of our potential uh, uh, purchasing agents in the, are, are going to be utilizing a mobile phone. Um, and looking at that back in statistics and traffic, that maybe was true in 2014, but that number sure is growing. You know, whether someone's traveling on the phone, the, the mobile aspects of all website is, is here to stay. But what I find for my company, All Metals and Forge Group, and, and I, I don't mind sharing the, story, uh, sharing the number, 30% of my traffic is coming from a mobile phone. And, you know... I don't know if that's your experience or if I'm even close to them. Tell me. Tell me it's fabulous. It is fabulous. Every uh, category is, is kind of a little off, but I think that's a great number. Probably represents a pretty good industry trend. Yeah, and I, I've been shocked and surprised. And now we're doing new things on our mobile that you can't do or you, you can do, you can't do. And we're doing things on the mobile because for 30%, X percent of those turn into orders, mm -hmm. turn right. into inquiries, then orders, mm -hmm. whether it, you know, whatever the percentage is, it's still another order. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not a big expense to do mobile. Yeah. And Lou, that reminds me of something. When you, when you, you really uh, give me the tingles when, I, when you start to tell me about the inquiries come in and they're, you're able to convert those to an order. What, what I typically see is, a lot of other marketing opportunities, like some of these paper position directories, um, and there's there's a few of them out there, as we know. What what we really see is is people almost putting their marketing dollars on the table, watching it just get blown away. Whether they're paying Google for a pay per click campaign, whether they're paying Thomas for a paper position model, uh, or the IQS directory, the manufacturer's marketplace. What we typically see is, from a statistical point of view, is a lot of those marketing dollars. And, and you're going to get some quotes that come through, but they're not quality effective quotes. The, the percentages of those quotes from those systems and directories that are solicitations is just mind boggling. 
So yeah. in a lot of those, you're paying for a marketing service and you're getting negative traction on. So that's where we kind of come in and help them pivot those marketing dollars to put them into a more uh, applicable potential return on investment with a Google campaign. We want to help them win organically to traffic that they own. Okay, so to your point about a more targeted traffic, do you use things like geo and demo uh, graphics to target for the benefit of your client? Sure. There's for, Even when we break that geographical tag down or add that phrase or, or location, it's, from an SEO search perspective, it's just an easier, it's a longer tail phrase. It's an easier milestone or step for us to achieve some results on. More times than not, though, uh, with logistics ability and shipping, uh, most people, even if they've got a fabrication company, they're going to want to ship and they, they want that nationwide exposure. Um, some want to stay local, but it's always a nice stepping stone to help them dominate their local geographical area. I think that one thing in particular that they probably don't do in most cases, uh, and not to waste, wave our flag, uh, we know specifically with All Metals and Forge Group, for example, mm -hmm. we know the best states, we know the best SIC codes, and I'm not sure that a lot of manufacturers even understand what SIC codes are, but we know what the best SIC codes are, the best states, the best zip codes, uh, to be spending more significant dollars in those areas. And, you know, it's great if you get a call from Montana, but, you know, I'm not going to live and die by whether or not I'm getting that order. That's so right. uh, we have come that route. And, uh, you know, partly that's how we wind up with this show as well. Uh, so, Tim, I, I know I've been doing a lot of talking, so, you know, just jump in anywhere you want. Uh, thanks, Lou. I wanted to ask Brian, because Lou and I go round and round and round about this and have for years, and that's the numbers behind the web page. You know, real reliable statistics, and I know that everybody puts a Google Analytics code on their website, and then they dive into Google Analytics and try to make sense of the pathways, and there doesn't seem to be an easy way to take a look at a website and go, oh, they were here, they were at this long, they went there. Uh, this is the kind of traffic I'm getting. This is where I can improve. Here's a call to action opportunity. Does WYSIWYG help them in that area? Most definitely. And uh, being such a competitive market with other industrial uh, uh, competitors out there, a lot of times we'll, we'll have a competitive quote or even outside, uh, uh, we've got a new project already live. We'll have other proactive marketing competitor services that are claiming that the quotes that have come through from one place or another, they're saying, well, we've generated that quote. And uh, so from a, from a Google Analytics perspective, I finally said, enough's enough. And spent about six months ago, started a, a couple month journey of uh, working with Google's API and really developing an application where we can track all the way down to that, that first user experience. They land on their website, but, and then fast forward, what I wanted to see, a lot of people just look at Google Analytics from a general perspective, and they may create some goals and some tracking, or if it's a full-blown e-commerce site, we can really track if it's added to cart, 
where that marketing dollar came from and what was the bottom line conversion that came in on that purchase product. But on a capability service quotable opportunity, what I wanted to see is, uh, and we've now developed the, we are tracking from a session variable. We're seeing where um, the user's IP address is and tracking their user experience all the way through the website, all the way down to that request for quote inquiry. So from the back end of the site, we're able to see the quote. And then also we've got an insights and a lead generation tab that shows exactly where they came from what keyword they've utilized. Was it organic or was it from a pay-per-click? So we've narrowed that down where anybody who, who comes to us and says, we created this lead. Well, no, you didn't. Or in, in a slim chance, maybe they did. But from, from all of that, so fast forward, having that implemented now for a, a few months, it's just really, really neat to see. And, and I'm glad that was the pivot or path we took 10 years ago is everything's coming from Google. You know, Bing, Bing has a slight market share and, and Yahoo will still come in. There's some old antiquated computers that people are on and they don't know to change a default browser. They're just searching with what comes up. But for the most part, organic uh, searches from Google yield the best results and the cheapest way to get there. Wow. I think that's a lot of what Lewis you know, and what's fun, what, what's fun to, I apologize to step in again, but this is usually when, when I'm on a call and, and, and I'm not necessarily a, necessarily a sales guy. My original partners were the sell ice to an Eskimo sales reps. I'm just a web geek. And this is typically when I like to show them what you see is what you get. When I'm on a sales call, I'll just share my screen at this point when someone asks a question like you did, Tim, and I will just show them an example case study of Here's Amflex packaging, or here's the metal shop up in Wisconsin. And let's look at their inquiries that come through. And I have asked permission from the clients to be able to share that information and, and be able to see those quotes and exactly where they've come from. It's just, it's a real joy to see. So yeah, you you definitely struck a buzzword with me and that's something we had to tackle and, and really take beyond just the general Google Analytics summary view and track that all the way down to that inquiry uh, conversion that's coming through. You know, one of the neatest things, and, and I understand everything you're saying, and I hope our listeners do as well, but there was a, uh, an organization that was doing um, geo-targeting marketing, mm -hmm. where if you couldn't go or didn't want to go or you did go, whatever, the point is you went to uh, the Chicago Manufacturing Shop. And if you wanted to, uh, you'd give them the the hotels, the city center, wherever the show was, that you want anybody who is in this world, manufacturing, somebody who's signed up for the show, that when they walk in within this four or five block area, they know you're there. And they start popping up ads on your iPhone, your iPad, your computer, whatever. To me, that should almost be illegal. Oh, but, it's crazy. But it's, it's wild. You can yeah. find people anywhere in the world using uh, geo uh, marketing. It's amazing. Sure, sure. You know, and that, that kind of brings up that weird, call it big brother or, every, you know, yeah. they're always listening kind of perspective. There's a new buzzword that's out in the market that, you know, I kind of, I'm on the fence on, but have partnered with an application. It's the, the it's known as, anonymous visitor identification. And that's when someone's on your website 
They have not engaged in any inquiry, but based on whether their data has put in some big conglomerate database, we're now able to pull on a pretty big percentage exactly who they were, what company you know they worked with, and they've never engaged in anything. So there's there's a new service out where, and we've got a sister company that does just that. They've got a telemarketing center, utilize that data, and then call and proactive. So they haven't engaged in, we say we want something yet, but chances are they're looking at a few competitors and they'll step in and call prior to them reaching out to someone else. Ryan, to me, I'm on the fence. Is that too I, intrusive or not? I'm on the fence too, Ryan. I'm really on the fence. Call, call me off air. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, we'll talk. That's really, that's really amazing. Yeah, and, and that, and that's a total. If if you want to have me on to to talk about that in a separate separate time, that really is a discussion in itself. I right. think I'm like you. I'm I'm right on the fence, whether it's too intrusive or not. I still choose to just win and build the oh. site. No, I'm not, get, them, get them converting. I'm not converting. I'm not against it. I'm for it. Oh, I'm on the fence. <laughs> I'm for it. That's why I want you to call me. All right. Yeah, we'll show you. I've got something set up. We can do it. All right. You, you, so, you do that. Brian, the type of user interface, that first page I see, is it more flexible and accommodating than what I'm seeing in WordPress where it's always the big picture that fills the entire screen. It's a text on that. And then you scroll down to get to more information, but it's really kind of sophomoric design. Was your week a little more comfortable? Well, there's, uh, you know, and, and there's some things that Thomas did great back in the day. Theoretically, they had uh, a big uh, website usability study on what makes an industrial website tick and uh, pulled people, different user types from all over the country to New York and, and really go through exactly what uh, is the best way to design and build a website. And I, it, I guess the summary of all those different users, you know, they break those down into two different user types. It's the analytical people who like to read in text and then the more visual learners, which I am, likes to gravitate to those images. So that first banner bucket, I like to make them a little smaller where you would see the capability services or products above the fold. But really the best summary is you've got one to three seconds to tell somebody who you are and what you do. So that, you know, whether the logo defines you're a welding company, if that you've, you've got to throw that tagline, get a great, you want to tell them immediately who you are and what you do so they don't bounce off and, and roll to another website. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like the design that that uh, structure that we're we're currently rolling out. We've got a great design team, and there's you know the, the, that's there's a lot in the web world after 30 years that hasn't changed. But that front end user experience sure is changing. But uh, I think the latest is this user experience algorithm update, where you see as you scroll down the website some different transition loads at each each location. But uh, yeah, things are changing. We got to keep that siding on the house looking great for only one purpose. How do we convert them to that quotable opportunity? Ryan, why don't you give our listeners your contact information and website information? Sure. This is a if if I was to rewind ten years uh, and change the name of the business, I just made wissywigmarketing.com, which is w y s i w y g marketing.com which stands for what you see is what you get. It's an old programmer's acronym uh, from the 70s. When we show you the demo of our backend system, you'll get it. Small, 
uh, editable area to manage your content on the page. What you see on the back end, save it in real time is what you get on the front end. My email address, ryan.jennings at wissywigmarketing.com. Um, you, you, can, you can find any other contact info you need from the website. This was great. We enjoyed having you. And uh, as you progress in coming up with uh, either new or further or better uh, technology, certainly keep us in mind. We'd love to get the message out and keep it out there. Hello, Tim. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you being with us, Ryan. Thank you. Thanks again. And we've been speaking with Ryan Jennings from WYSIWYG Marketing. Great conversation about what to do and how to look at your industrial website. It may be time now to do it over again, freshen it up. So we invite you to visit wizzywigmarketing.com. And while you're surfing the web, please stop over at jacketmediaco.com and you can find the links to this podcast and all of the other shows that we do. Again, as always, thank you for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.